once you do the IVF, it's like, okay, is it going to take? And then you find out it takes, and then it's like, okay, are we going to lose are the, the baby? Are the numbers is doubling? The, yeah. And it's, yeah. Is the baby healthy? Is it, you know? Is I it, feel like at that point, it was so scientific that any sort of, like, I think what you were talking about was, like, projection or projecting, like, oh, if I picture myself in this and that, to me, that was complete, like, garbage. We are going to transform the way that motherhood is viewed, turn the negative narrative that is frequently sold to our society upside down, and resurrect a village of support around new families. The Joy Becoming Real podcast is all about celebrating the good, the difficult, all of the love, and everything real. We passionately believe that by supporting the mother, you support the child, and by supporting the child, you contribute to the wellness and possibilities for future generations. I'm your host, Julia Wheelock. Hello and welcome. I am in the studio today with um, some dear friends of mine, um, Mitch and Sharon, and they are um, coming on to talk with me about um, their experience going through fertility treatments together. Why don't you guys just introduce yourself a little bit and then we'll kind of get into it. My name is Sharon Miok. Uh, We have three children. The first two were conceived via IVF and then the third one we actually just conceived naturally. <laughs> um, their ages are five, two and a half, and our youngest just turned a year. Uh, my name is Mitchell Miok. I'm Sharon's husband. Uh, yeah, father of three beautiful children, two boys and a girl. And uh, yeah, here to talk about our journey through IVF and fertility treatments. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to have you guys on. Um, partly because the aim of, of our episode today is to really unpack what it means to go through fertility treatment and to get kind of like an inside scoop of, you know, what it felt like and what, um, you know, misconceptions you feel like there are to unpack and everything, because, um, there is not a lot of like open dialogue around Mm -hmm. this conversation. I feel like, and we, um, you know, there's some work to be done to kind of bring it out into the open. So I'm really thankful sure. for you guys yeah, for, for being willing us. to share your experience of course, um, yeah. going through it and everything. Yeah. Um, so I guess my first question is what was kind of like the first steps or first sign or whatever to that led you to going through fertility treatment and like, what did that look like? So, I mean, I would say um, we, we, <laughs> had a lot of sex when we were younger mm-hmm. and um, I knew at unprotected the t- unprotected sex. sex yeah. <laughs> and I knew at the time it was going to be a problem because I wasn't getting pregnant and I don't know how long was that, did that happen for like 12 years really? until we 12 years. Yeah. yeah at the time though, years. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm not it pregnant. Was a yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> but then we got married and I was like, okay, now you don't just magically get married and you're able to start conceiving. So, um, yeah, I think it was probably a good 12 years of not conceiving naturally. Mm -hmm. And then I started obviously getting into it and testing my ovulation and standing on my head after after having sex and, you know, doing all the things I would go get massages and acupuncture and all that. And it just wasn't happening. So, Mm. yeah, I think the, uh, internal clock for Sharon really started to start ticking down of like, okay, we're getting close to 30. I want to have kids. I don't want to be 65 at their graduation. Yeah. So yeah, my um, thing was always, I don't want to be an old mom, which yeah. is so funny because time's all relative. I look back now and I'm like, 
I wasn't even, yeah. <laughs> wasn't even old, but you know, that's pretty young. How it goes. Yeah. Um, but I think that there is, I mean, that's a good point. There is a lot of pressure to, you know, women aging. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we feel like there's, you know, a, a, a clock going and, mm-hmm. you know, that adds a lot of stress and everything yeah, onto totally. a process that can already be stressful. So just to clarify, you guys weren't trying to get pregnant for 12 years. You just were winging it. I would say, and- no, I would say like four or five out of those 12, we were. Really? Yeah. Like after we got like married two. Uh, like from the start of IVF to not the start of IVF. Well, no, I mean, before like, we started yeah, doing IVF discussing stuff. Yeah. I was children and yeah, really we got tracking a lot of, ovulation and trying to increase our odds. I would say it was probably about five years. It, it took a long time for me to convince Mitch too, that that's something that we should we, do. Yeah. So, well, maybe now is a good time then to talk about your experience, Mitch going through it. So, Sharon, you were tracking your ovulation and going to get acupuncture and, you know, doing all these things Mm -hmm. to maybe help your cycle. And, um, like, was there anything that you felt like was really obvious? Like you were having like a normal menstrual cycle. Yeah. I was completely normal with everything mm -hmm. like perfect 29, 30 day cycle. No problem. Um, I would, the ovulation test strips always, perfect when I should be ovulating. Mm. There was nothing ever. I mean, yeah, I would have some cramps when I was on my period, but I wasn't like this has to be PCOS or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So at that point, Mitch, were, were you like, yeah, I totally want to have kids or. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always wanted to have kids. Um, I guess I just never really considered how that was going to happen. I just wanted it to happen naturally so bad. Um, I thought like if it was meant to be, it was meant to be, it'll just happen. You know, like mm-hmm. we'll just one day we're just going to conceive and that's, that's the way it'll go. And just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so. We used to, we used to get in really, really bad fights about it. And it's like, I didn't even necessarily want to bring it up because it was something that I knew was going to cause a fight. So I had to kind of pick and choose when I would talk about it. And then I feel like he would just kind of shut down and, then we went to our first consultation. Finally, it was like, okay, I'm going to set us up for a consultation. We're just going to see what we're getting into. And that's when they gave us like the financial side of everything, mm-hmm. which was a whole nother thing. Yeah. And then do you want to talk about that story when we got home from that? Well, I mean, just people don't realize the amount of cost that goes into the IVS, um, IVF procedure and experience, um, you know, and we're late twenties, you know, young couple, I mean, we did well for ourselves, but you know, when you see that it's going to cost you upwards of $30,000 to have a child, it's like, well, and what, what happens is you sit, you sit there with these doctors, you don't really know anything at all. And they're kind of like throwing all this terminology at you and all this stuff. I mean, I'm sitting there across, across the table from a doctor and he looked at me and he goes, well, you know, when we start doing this, you're going to have, like, you can't work anymore. Right. Cause I'm a hairstylist and hair mm-hmm. color, I guess. I don't know. And I'm just like in my head, like, how are we going to pay for it? Like, what are you talking about? I can't work anymore. You know? So I just looked at him. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. But I'm like, I'm going to work. You actually had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you go through all this stuff and they're talking about all the tests that you have to go through in the process. And then they p- take you in this room and you meet with like the financial person and they throw all these different packets at you. And it's like, well, you can pay for one round and it's going to be 20,000 or you can pay for two rounds and it's only an additional like 2000 mm-hmm. or you can pay for three rounds and it's like $40,000, which was almost double. 
But then if it doesn't work after three rounds, you get all your money back. So it's like a whole like gamble, you know, so you really have to think like the odds, too. I mean, yeah, the 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 odds. Best case, there's only like a 15 percent chance with if everything goes right that this is going to work out. So I'm 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 shelling out, you know, 20, 25, 30 thousand dollars for a 15 percent chance. You know, it didn't make sense to me Mm -hmm. like. You guys are just taking money from people. You know, it seemed like a racket. Yeah. I mean, so then could- that's so from my perspective, I was like, yeah, it's not fair. It sucks. And it seems like they're just like after money. But to me, I'm like, but how do you put a price on your kids? You yeah. know, and yeah. to this day, I look at my kids. I'm like, yeah, I would have spent. You, there's no amount of money in the world that I wouldn't have spent for them. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of and Mitch is like being a typical, you know, he's like, they're just playing on our emotions. Mm-hmm. That's all yeah. that they're doing, Sharon. And way. so then I would get upset and I'm like, but this is what we have to do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. no, it, it led to some, some pretty bad fights. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a lot more immature back then, but I'll say we have one less coffee table in our lives because of, uh, yep. <laughs> because of my emotions and immaturity. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just tough. It's hard. You want children and the place, the only place you can go to do it, you know, basically remortgage your house. Yeah, you know, it's, no, that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really intense. And that is like that first meeting that you, that you set up and we're talking about that just sounds like so overwhelming. Like, mm-hmm. do they have like counselors and people to help you kind of walk through that a little bit? Or is it just, you're getting you had like hit a with case person? Like you, you have a you nurse, with and you have yeah. a nurse okay. basically. And she's somebody that like when I'm going in and you're getting all your blood work done, cause you're going in every single morning at six 30 in the morning to get your blood work drawn. She's like your person that will call you with your, um, stats or whatever from your blood work. And if you have questions, you can reach out to them, but honestly, like they're so busy yeah. and to them, it's kind of like an assembly line. Uh-huh. So it's not like I'm going to get a heartfelt, let me explain this to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You go in for your diagnostic checkup and there's, you know, 25 other pregnant women in the lobby. So it's just get them in, get them out as fast as possible. Yeah. You know, at that point. Yeah. But, Unfortunately, that's just, yeah, it's, it it's is. a, it's a, it's a business like everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like our doctors legitimately cared. Like Dr. Wolf was, mm-hmm. you know, a fantastic doctor. Um, you know, they have really great staff, but you know, but they're you're, so just busy. An, you're another patient, you know, mm-hmm. there's, it's how personal do you get with someone when you're doing your job? Yeah. You know? So what ultimately kind of turned things around for you, Mitch, or did you kind of feel like you were struggling against it while you're going through this whole process and everything and just, um, he's trying to just beat me down. <laughs> no, like um, always. <laughs> no, she, I mean, partly, yeah, she got her way. And partly I looked at it like, if we're going to have kids, this is what we got to do. And I want to have kids. So we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess maybe after meeting the doctors and stuff and actually getting more information and it just, it was, I don't know. It was just really tough to come around to because it's also, as a man, it's like, well, you know, I, why can't I make a baby with my wife? You know, mm-hmm. what the hell's wrong with me? And then when they tell you, oh no, nothing's wrong. You're, you're good. Like you guys just have unexplained infertility. Like mm-hmm. that's our answer. So it's like, well then why don't we just keep trying, but you know, that hadn't worked for 12 years. So yeah, clearly that's not gonna. Right. Yeah. So well. what, like, how did that feel? Like you said, it felt like, well, I'm a man. I should just be able to make a, a baby with my wife. And I feel like there's that feeling probably as common on both sides. Like, did you ever mm-hmm. feel like that, Sharon? Like, Oh, for sure. 
Yeah, I always looked at things from more of like, like, yeah, like what's it wasn't necessarily like what's wrong with me. It's what's going on inside of me. That's what was really frustrating to me. So like when we would do the initial conversations and consultations for fertility treatments, they're like, we can first put you on Clomid, which is just something that's going to help to produce eggs in your follicle. And then we can do Clomid plus intrauterine insemination, which is IUIs. And then last case scenario would be IVF. And then they give you statistics on everything. Mm -hmm. So statistically speaking, people only have a 20, I mean, if you're prime everything, you have a 20% chance of conceiving each month. They're saying for you, Sharon, we can't find anything wrong with you, Mitch. We can't find anything wrong with you. So technically, if you guys did Clomid and IUIs, you you could get pregnant. You mm-hmm. It will take you closer to that like 20% mark. So then we had to sit there and figure out like, well, okay, that's cheaper. It's like $5,000 as opposed to $20,000. Mm-hmm. So that's what we chose. We, we chose to do a couple rounds three, of three rounds. I think no, we, we did, did two. two, but then it's like, okay, we got to cut our losses. Cause they're like, you could do one more round of IUI, but I'm like, we're spending the amount of money we're spending on this doesn't make sense. We're going we to get to that $30,000 mark. IVF. And, you know, right. So we're just pissing. Just so, to clarify, I mean, just to back up a little mm-hmm. bit in the process, that is basically the med that they were giving you was to hold more eggs in the follicle so that you create more eggs. Was it? I thought it was to create more or Amplify make, make your, more mature yeah, or something. Like just more. Yeah. Stronger. Something healthier. like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Amplify okay, the yeah. amount of eggs. And then what is IUI? It's a intrauterine insemination. insemination. So, so they just okay. take the semen and directly uh, put it right into the uterus. Well, they wash it first. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, I produce a sample. They take it, do their magic with it and then inject it. And also okay. to back it up a little bit too. So back to your question, when we went to the first place that we went to, we did one round of Clomid and IUI there mm-hmm. and then it didn't work. So then I was like, we're going to go to this other doctor because like I said, I want to know what's going on inside of me. So maybe yeah. if I go get a second opinion somewhere, his IUIs ended up being double the price of the place that we went. But I was like, well, maybe he'll have some insight. Yeah. And it was the same thing. You know, it was no answers at all. Just double up, the price. Yeah, we ended uh-huh. up going back to our original, original for, the that, IVF, for the yeah. IVF. So you basically said. No, we're not going to try the IUI one more time because it's just eating up money. And exactly. we felt like in the end it was going to have to be IVF. IVF was going to give us, I think I had like a 60% chance of pregnancy with IVF um, mm-hmm. based on my age and how like nothing was wrong with my eggs or anything mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, we were like, let's just and go for it. Just for um, clarity, because I feel like there is such a lack of education around any of this. And, mm-hmm. and even I am like learning a lot, even just right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so IVF is when you take the sperm and the egg outside of the body, exactly. right? And mix it up. Right. Uh, inseminate the embryo in a Petri dish. It's called ICSI. Yeah. yeah. So, which is also an additional charge. So you can choose not to do ICSI, which where, what they do with ICSI is they put the sperm directly into the egg with like a little syringe, mm-hmm. or you can spend less money and see if the sperm will just penetrate the egg in the Petri dish by itself. I'm like, of course, I'm going to spend the extra eight hundred dollars to, you know, yeah. have it. So, well, I mean, you know, there's also genetic testing that's thousands yeah. of dollars. There's, uh, I mean, there's all these add-ons, precautionary add-ons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it, it's insane how far you can get in into it financially yeah. mm-hmm. if you were to literally just take every thing that they advise you to do. Yeah. It's 
Yeah, that's a lot. Really what overwhelming. Did, what was your state? I, I've just read one book basically about fertility and a lot of it, like the vast majority of um, this book, it was called, um, oh, I can't even think of what it was called now. But um, they talked a lot about just your mental state and like your state of stress and unpacking that and coming to a good place just to try it naturally to become pregnant. Um, and they talked a lot about like, um, like imagining your life with the baby and just kind of getting into that mental zone. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine like, this sounds like the opposite. Did you feel <laughs> like it was just, you were just so desensitized by the end of it that, that you even could recognize that you were pregnant? Yeah. It's a highly stressful situation. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's like, then once you do the IVF, it's like, okay, is it going to take? And then you find out it takes. And then it's like, okay, are we going to lose the, the baby? Is doubling the, yeah. And it's, yeah. Is the baby healthy? Is it, you know, is I it feel like at that point it was so scientific that any sort of like, I think what you were talking about was like projection or projecting like, yeah. Oh, if I picture myself in this and that to me, that was complete like garbage <laughs> at that point, not to be rude, but it's like, oh, it no. was so many years of, nothing yeah. happening that it was like anything like that. I mean, I tried so much stuff, you know, and yeah. I remember talking to the fertility doctor and I was like, I just feel like I'm just so stressed at my job all the time and all this stuff. Could this be contributing? And she was like, you got to think like back in like, you know, caveman days, there's women giving birth, yeah. tr like trying while to, trying to tigers. Yeah, and, you know. exactly. <laughs> so she's like, if they can do it, yeah. you know, like we yeah. have to really kind of understand what stress really is. Yeah. So no, and and I think that's a really good point, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I th I think that there is a lot of like touchy feely, you know, around it, and we kind of, I'm sure, growing up, if you thought about having babies, it wasn't this process, and it wasn't like you know a lot. You can get pregnant without even knowing the science behind it, right. and mm -hmm. most people do, I think. Yep. Um. So making it into such a scientific process, I can imagine, would really desensitize you and have it not be like. A, a real thing happening. Right. Like you never have that moment of taking a pregnancy test and then being like, Oh, I'm pregnant. Like, and that right. excitement and everything else that comes right. along with it. Cause it's yes. like, well, I'm pregnant. Yes. But you know, if it did take right. yeah. pregnant, but is it, going you don't to even find or? out that you're pregnant via a pregnancy test because they're so on top of the blood work yeah. and stuff that it's like, I mean, not to say, I mean, of course I took like a million just to be like, Oh, is they're going to be aligned. Yeah. But no, they're so on top of the blood work and stuff that it's like, they know, yeah. you know, yeah. pretty quickly. Well, I guess like, you know, our milestones and excitement were like, Oh, this test's feeling that good. Like, oh, I have good semen. She has good eggs. And then it's like, okay, oh, we have. We're responding to the hormone we, Yeah, we have nine viable embryos. And mm. it's like, you know, these are like small achievements that like gave us some hope or light at the end of the tunnel. Keep you pushing through it. Mm -hmm. um, but I then mean, I'm sure it always came with that doubt too. Like, yeah, well, well you have like, viable samples right. now. Are they going to take? Always. If they right. did take, it is was it always, going to last through? Right. And, and then like, even once you, you know you, what it's like, like even once you have the kid, you're like uh, Googling, like, why is my baby staring at lights? Is something yeah. wrong with them? You know, it's like <laughs> always something. So, yeah. and it was like that, but even from before conception. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they're looking back now? Do you think that there was anything anyone could have done to kind of come alongside you and bring some perspective back into that process so that it could become less desensitized and more personal and 
kind of more grounding or do you think that's just how it is? I don't know. I, yeah, I, I really don't know. I think for me personally, um, it was such a, just like sterile process. This is just what we're doing. And hopefully at the end of all this, you have a kid, you know? So, um, it, it, it's, it's really kind of hard to like find excitement and joy when it's like, Oh, we've got to be at the IVF doctor at six 30 in the morning to find out if this is going to be good. And, mm-hmm. Oh, you need to go in this room and make a cup of semen for the doctor, you know, at <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning, that's really comfortable, you know? So it's like, it's just, it's a lot of uncomfortableness and yeah. it's like looking, the only prize is, you know, when you finally find out that you're pregnant. And then even then, like she said, it's still, are we going to lose this baby? Is this baby going to have, you know, defects or heart issues or, you know, there's a million mm-hmm. different things. It's created life outside of the womb. So, you know, there's a lot of outside interferences that could potentially affect that child, mm-hmm. you know, that we indirectly or directly that. We well, yeah. And that's know. another thing that I'll bring up, like having these embryos or whatever, you always hope that, um, they, <laughs> they implanted the right ones. You know, it's like the baby comes out. I'm like, hopefully this is our child. Like, you know, that they're yeah. constantly looking at like your wristband to make sure that like, everything scanning is scanning barcodes. And but like, what if they made a little mistake? I've heard of that happening yeah. before. Oh it actually, there's been major a fertility clinic in Bloomfield Hills ended up getting sued because they accidentally switched to embryos. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's like little things like that. You're just like, constantly worried. I've never even thought of that before as Mm -hmm. something that you would have to be worried about. Yeah. I mean, that was one of my concerns. It's like, how do I know, you know, I don't have like a certificate of authenticity on this kid. You know, it's like, I just have to trust that Howard, our embryo doctor. Howard's the dad. (laughs) Howard's the dad. He's just back there fertilizing (laughs) all these eggs, you know, it's like, how do you know? But I mean, now now I can be like, whoosh, yeah. Yeah, they're this age. I'm like, okay, they kind of do yeah. resemble us. So. See those personalities. That's traits. kind of funny and also kind of not funny. That yeah, that's a real thing <laughs> no, that you have to it is. think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so while you're going through this whole process, like Shireen, you basically said that you kind of just resigned yourself to it, even though you didn't have clear answers as to like why mm-hmm. that process was happening. Right. And Mitch was really struggling with the whole process and the finances clearly, which I think Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk about a little bit more too, but tell me about what it was like. Like, were you feeling supported by the people in your life, your friends and family while you're going through this process? Did you feel like you could be open about it with them? Like, did you have to have like, you know, I think when I got pregnant, I kind of dreamed about like the, how am I going to tell everyone that I'm pregnant? Mm -hmm. And so did you, what was that moment like for you? going to tell like your family specifically, like that you're going through this process and everything. Um, it was actually really annoying because everybody knew down to the T of like the day that we're going to be getting the blood work back and everything. So it's like before we even really got a chance to be able to celebrate, it's like, you know, people are constantly texting me like, did it work? Did it work? Are you, you pregnant? Any new news? Right. It's any like, news? Like, so that adds stress yeah. because you have all these people that are like rooting for you and hoping for the best. And mm-hmm. like, you know, it was like when we first started doing the IUIs, it was like, oh yeah, this is definitely going to work. This is so great. You know, good luck you guys. And then it's like, okay, so, you know, did it work? And we're like, nope. They're like, oh, we're so sorry. Like, you know, mm-hmm. next time. Yeah. It's just like all this extra sympathy and grief and mm-hmm. it's just like, 
I wish we didn't have to tell people about this yeah. stuff. You and know? that's something but, like that is typically so personal. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, getting pregnant naturally is such an intimate, you know, process. It's a, and I think it's meant to be, you know, for a really specific reason. And, you know, a lot of people don't tell their friends and family and, you know, until they've hit like maybe the certain amount of weeks, yeah, yeah, like yeah. six, yeah. eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you don't have a miscarriage. And yeah. Even like, like 12 weeks, I think is really common for a lot of people just because they feel like it's a personal thing yeah. and mm-hmm. want to hold it close. So I can only imagine having that all be on display yep. for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think that there is something that they, that like, I think they were probably trying to be helpful oh, definitely, yeah. and encouraging. Right. Do you think that there was a better way looking back now that people could have supported you through that? Or that's just how it was. And it was just going to be just, hard. I think it was just, you know, human nature. Like they want to be supportive. They want to be involved. And, you know, how do you tell your wife's mother, like, Hey, back off, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, but just give us space. You don't, you just, you involve them because they're, they know what is going on and, you know, they want to be a part of it. And I think that if I knew somebody who was going through it, I would be like, Hey, if you ever want to just chat about anything that's happening at all, obviously Mm -hmm. I've been through it. So I have, you know, insights and stuff, but just letting people talk to you about it on their own time versus Mm -hmm. acting like you know what they're going through Mm -hmm. or even like the fake, I really hope this works and stuff like it's just, you know, let yeah. people talk to you about it if they want yeah. to. And if not, then that's fine too. And I think that people are probably so different with how they feel supported by people in their mm-hmm. life. I think um, it like if I knew someone who was going through, you know, fertility treatment of any kind, I'd probably just try and sit down with them and have a conversation like, um, you know, I'm here for you. I want to be supportive of you. Like, let me know what that best looks like for you and how you could best be supported through all this. Maybe it's, you know, even just, you know, bringing a meal over or however, however they feel supported best, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But I imagine that just being a really hard thing because nothing is going to make it less hard ultimately. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Let's back up a little bit and talk a little bit more about the like financial aspect. Like, do you think if if we just took that out and it were just a whole, you know, like a free process, if that would have been, I mean, I think obviously it would have been less oh, stressful, but been, do you think that yeah. would have made other aspects of it better? I, I mean, yeah, if it, it wasn't a huge financial burden, then you'd be like, yeah, okay, obviously we're not getting pregnant. Let's, let's go explore options immediately. Yeah. You know, it would have been a, a really easy conversation to have for us, I think, but you know, it's, you tack on a price tag. Like, I mean, even adoption is more expensive than IVF, you mm-hmm. know? So there's, there's no cheap way to address infertility. Um, you either have kids or you don't. And some people get them for free and other people have to pay a substantial amount of money for them. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's rough. Um, but yeah, if you were to remove that financial burden, I think it would have been a very fast and easy process for us to, you know, get through i mean well, i don't know about that minus the shots and all that I don't well know. yeah no I, like, i'm just saying like easy, the but... decision to do it would oh, be right. you know yeah. like hey yeah like okay clearly we're right. ready for kids this hasn't happened in 12 I years i still had to like weigh the pros and cons of putting all of those hormones in my body and yeah. all of that because i still don't know what kind of that could potentially do to yeah, me in the long term. run yeah, yeah exactly but 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot to put your body through. It is. In addition to finally then becoming pregnant and that whole process and then giving birth and that whole process. And then, you know, not even to talk about postpartum and what that looks like. Right. Um, but yeah, that's a lot to put yourself through up front. Um, I know someone who recently went through, um, IVF treatment Mm -hmm. and she was sharing a little bit with me about, um, what that looked like with her and everything. Um, and they did, um, you know, become pregnant through that process. Mm -hmm. Um, and when she found out that, you know, they did the blood testing or whatever, and she found out that she was pregnant and she texted me about it. Um, and I feel like from my end, I was like, it was the first person that I knew aside from you guys, Mm -hmm. but we didn't know each other when you were going through that process. Mm -hmm. So it was really the first person that I knew that was like sharing that, that process with me. Um, and I felt some uncertainty, like how excited should I be? Cause normally if someone tells me that they're pregnant, I'm like, Oh my gosh, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. You know, there's all those natural excitements that come up. So when she told me that, um, it worked and they were pregnant, I could feel that she was kind of holding some things back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know, congratulations. And also, how are you feeling about it? Like, do you feel? And she just was like miserable because, you know, they, at the fertility clinic, they were telling her like not to get excited yet, basically, and yeah. wait past a certain point don't to see. People, mm-hmm. don't, yeah. I think she had gone in to get the, is it HGC? HCG. HCG. Um, to get, you know, the pregnancy hormone levels tested. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to double and didn't or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just was miserable. She was like, I know that this isn't going to go through. Um, but then she shared with me um, really vulnerable. And I was, you know, just honored that she shared it with me. But she was like, um, she knew a friend who had just gotten pregnant um, and had a miscarriage, unfortunately. Um, so she was kind of walking through that with her friend a little bit, too. And she mm-hmm. was like. Honestly, she didn't tell her friend this, but she was like um, having some really hard feelings around it. Like, at least you didn't have $30,000 riding on that. Um, And it's it's hard because like you can't put a price tag on that, Mm -hmm. but you just did. There is is a price tag. Through that process, there is Mm -hmm. a price tag on it. So she was like, you know, they can just try again and get pregnant again for free. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's probably, you know, I want to acknowledge that there's probably people listening who have gone through miscarriage mm-hmm. and that's really, really hard to hear, uh, right? you know, but I think yeah. that's also, it needs to be acknowledged that those are real feelings that, mm-hmm. you know, someone was having going through mm-hmm. a process like this. And that's hard. Like I if you to, lose it, then you're also out $30,000 right. and the average person, like right. that's so much money right. and yeah. that's so stressful. Yep. I used to, I mean, I used to think that too. Like I had a friend that miscarried, Um, and so like, that's something that definitely worried me because I was never pregnant before. So I was like, what if we do this? And then we miscarry. And yeah, I mean, I remember thinking that about my friend though, like, dude, you can just get pregnant again. Like, yeah, you'll be not, yeah, you'll be fine. Just try next month, you know, Mitch and I had to sit here and like figure out finances and gamble. And like, what if I do miscarry? Like all these things, you know? So yeah, I think. I mean, that's totally valid though. That's just what it is. Like, I don't think you have to feel bad about feeling that way. That's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there, there is probably a lot of like guilt and shame that comes with unpacking feelings like that and feeling like, am I a horrible person? Because (laughs) like, who thinks that about, Mm -hmm. you know, someone, but I think 
if you're feeling that and it's like, that's valid for your story. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, you know, just finding someone that you can trust to share stuff like that with. And obviously like, you know, the friend that shared that with me, she was like, like, I'm devastated for her. I realize that it's such a loss and you can't put a price tag on it. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't to, you know, undermine what she was feeling in terms of empathy with her Mm -hmm. friend, but then there was all these other feelings that she was having to Mm -hmm. unpack too. I mean, she Um, wasn't going through her own personal ordeal with that. She obviously wouldn't have ever felt that way. So, you know, it's an unintended consequence of the process, I think. And And I think too, a lot of people don't know being a hairstylist and talking to as many people as I talk to about it. um, There is a lot of people that do go through infertility and it's just kind of more taboo and not really talked about. But um, I've had some people say some pretty crazy things to me, like I'm fertile Myrtle or I have a ton of eggs, so I'll give you one of mine. It's like, really, really, you're going to give me one of your eggs or I don't I don't want one of your eggs, you know, but then to like the complete other side of it where somebody asked me to be a surrogate for them because they they know that I had to go through the process myself and they wanted somebody who could truly appreciate, you know, Mm -hmm. going through the process and understand. So. It's just there's so many different facets to all of it. And I think that maybe you just have to live with the way that you feel about it. You know, some people are going to say stupid things and you just have to deal with it. And some people. Yeah, it's with everything in life, though. Yeah, it's very (laughs) true. Yeah. I'm not surprised that people said stuff like that to you, even Mm -hmm. though, I mean, that's horrible. And I can't. Or or they'll say, say well, why don't you just adopt? Like adoption mm-hmm. is just so cheap and you can just go to the kid's store and just adopt. And right. oh, it's it doesn't work like that, you know, like and Mitch was adopted and yeah. that's a, that is a choice that we decided not to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know. And also it's not cheap. It's right? very it's, expensive yeah. and it's and not guaranteed. Yeah. You could get a child and then what they have like a year to decide if they want the child back or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. But know? I mean, I had clients that did 10 rounds of IVF and it didn't work for them. So then they had to adopt hundred thousand dollars later and they don't even get to take the baby home and they're out all that money. Mm. Like there's certain people who know how to work the system as teenage girls and they can do, you know, they can ask for anything, medical bills, uh, rent, um, anything, money for clothes. And some people are just so desperate that they're like, okay, like we have the money, so we'll take care of you. And then the baby comes and no, I don't want to give it to you now. Mm -hmm. I want to keep the baby. They're out the money. So yeah, it's, there's a lot to it. I guess going back to um, being kind of like the support person for someone who's going through treatment, what, what would have some, what would have looked like instead of saying something insensitive, like, well, I'm fertile Myrtle or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, if people, whatever things people said to you speak to the person who is maybe not going through a fertility treatment themselves, Mm -hmm. but might know someone who's going through it or might just by chance encounter someone who's going through it. Like you said, there was a lot of women, you know, in your salon chair who were, you know, you were talking, Mm -hmm. you know, to about, I mean, with something like that, unless you've been through it, don't try to, compare apples to oranges like your own personal experiences or don't say things know. like don't stress so much have you tried not stressing yeah, so don't, much don't say generic yeah. stupid things like it just i don't know be supportive you know hey wish a block um i don't know just don't tread in areas you don't have any knowledge about you know um mm-hmm. yeah. or let me know if you want to talk about the process or anything it's really hard I think as somebody who had to do IVF i don't i didn't really want to talk to people who didn't have to do IVF at all Mm-hmm. Um, 
because they couldn't relate at all. So it's like, what's, there's really, I don't know. I, maybe that's why people don't really talk about it because they don't feel comfortable talking to people about it. It's just, there's a lot to it. So I don't even know. I mean, if like a family member or something's going through it and you know about it, just, you know, be there for them, let them talk to you if they want, but leave it on their terms versus trying to force them to talk about it or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Do you think um, that there is really other solutions? Like what would you tell someone who is going through infertility and trying to come up with like, what, what should we do now? Like how long should you give it? Should, like you mentioned, should we just keep trying? Because there wasn't anything specifically wrong with either of you that they could tell. So like Mitch said at one point, like maybe we should just keep trying. Like there, if there's nothing wrong, like well, how long do you give it before? To be fair, I was right. I mean, if we would have just kept trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We haven't child, even talked about <laughs> that yet. Child well, and, uh, conceived that could be for other reasons. But so <laughs> um, do you mean like in terms of like when to start the IVF process after the consultation? Is that what you're saying? Or no, when like, to start considering IVF as yeah, an option? When do you when? like, I think it's probably just so personal to each person's story, but mm-hmm. when do you consider going through any fertility yeah. treatment of any kind? Like, I mean, you should pro- I mean, you will know. I mean, if you want to have kids and you're not having kids, I mean, it's going to become if pretty it's like obvious all that you're thinking about and it's not happening. Right. You know, you're doing everything right. You're trying, you're optimizing, you know, when in you're the doing same things. token, we waited as long as we did, obviously, but we would have clients. Like I had clients downstate who were financially better off than Mitch and I, but were in our age range and they would try after six months. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, she oh, was wow. like, we were going to get married and we we're supposed to have kids by now. And I'm like, well, six months, you know, yeah. you can like Still whatever. Cause they technically say after a year mm-hmm. consult your fertility doctor. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was pretty, there's probably only two of those people. Um, but yeah, I mean, whenever, after, I would say after yeah. that year, if you're like, you'll know, you'll know mm-hmm. yeah. This is working or it's and not. And then if you mm-hmm. go get tested and they see that this is wrong or that's wrong, then you're going to know if you yeah, are if able you to conceive or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the initial consultation and I think the testing was pretty reasonable. I don't think like, yeah, you know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Yeah. We, we, Maybe like a thousand dollars. Yeah. They want to know pretty fast. Like if you guys have good odds, you know, mm-hmm. you're worth pursuing as a client too. So, yeah. you know, I think they make that initial like, Hey, this is what's wrong. We can address this or we can fix this or, mm-hmm. you know, we can actually take you guys on as patients. So we've kind of talked up to the point of you getting pregnant mm-hmm. um, the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talked about how you, it just was feeling like a really impersonal experience and really like, um, you know, kind of detached from it being so scientific the whole time and everything. Yeah. Was there a moment for you in the pregnancy that 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 kind of um, became grounded a little bit more and you were like, OK, I'm pregnant, you know, you're however far along or or was it really the moment that the baby was born and you were like, OK, baby's here. It happened. I mean, I think as soon as we found out we were pregnant, I was really excited. Um, I like cautiously excited but um just knowing that okay we have a embryo that's fertilized and it's implanted and she's considered pregnant Mm -hmm. like that to me was a huge win like I didn't I don't know I guess if we made it that far I didn't foresee like I didn't have a lot of fear after that like Um, once I got pregnant once you got pregnant yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. because I knew you were healthy 
I was healthy, but, um, I think maybe like after a few months, like you start considering like, okay, birth defects, other things, right. but mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of joy. I would say once the baby was born, probably. Yeah. For you. For so, me. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't feel that same, like, oh, I'm pregnant kind of excitement. Yeah, I did. I was excited, but I Subsides am more quickly. of like a cynic a bit. So a I think mystic. that I was like, I, yeah, a little bit more pessimistic. So I think I had to be like, hopefully the baby, th- this embryo is healthy, mm-hmm. you know, because to me it's like, God, they also made an embryo and that's so crazy. So mm-hmm. how is that embryo different from an embryo that happens naturally mm-hmm. in a woman's body? So I just needed to see all the toes and the eyes and yeah. everything, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, and yeah, I imagine that being a really crazy thing. Like, it is crazy the things that, that we can do, mm-hmm. you know, to treat fertility and to, you know, do all these amazing things. And I'm, I'm thankful that there are options like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. We're very um, fortunate to be living in these times because, you know, it's a major scientific medical feat to be yeah. able to create life in a Petri dish out of two people's, you know, yeah. parts. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. It yeah. Is kind of when you, when mm-hmm. you think about it. Yeah. So tell me what the process then looked like. You had, you know, one baby. Um, he had all of his fingers and toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you were like, we want to have another one. What did that look like? Okay. So when you start this process, you go through all, you do all the shots and everything. Then they put you under and they take your eggs out. And then so they call you with the statistics on your eggs and everything. And then they take your husband's sperm and then they put them together in the Petri dishes. So I think I had 32 eggs or something. Then that dwindled down to eight healthy embryos. So we had eight embryos. So, so then, the statistics on the eggs were like, if they're whole and healthy and yeah. all of that. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, so I had 32 of those and then it dwindled down to eight embryos. And then they basically come in and they show you, like the two embryos or one embryo, whatever that's dividing the quickest. Mm-hmm. So they showed us two and she said, do you want to put in one or two? I'm not going to put in more than two with you. And I was like, I'm only going to put in one anyway. So don't worry about that. So she, because you don't want to have, I didn't want to have, have twins. Twins. Yeah, yeah, but then you also, so here's the thing with ICSI too. So when they put the sperm into the egg, it makes a little crack in the egg. So sometimes you can have twins that way. Because it oh, okay, can divide. Because it divides. Right. So in my okay. head, I'm like, God, we're going to have like four kids if I put two in, you know. <laughs> so we just picked one and that was Ezra. And then they freeze all the rest of them. So we had eight embryos and then we we put one in. And then so then we had seven that we froze. Uh-huh. So then with Elsie, they unfree, like thaw, whatever. And then they put her in and then it took. So then we had six. Yeah. Left. Yeah. After and that. these are six embryos. Embryos. Like full fertilized, on. Ready, fertilized. Like, if babies. Ready, if we were to insert. Babies, and you yeah. have to decide in that first consultation what you're going to do with your frozen embryos. These hypothetical frozen embryos that you don't even know that you're going to make. Are you going to donate them to science? Are you going to discard them and just throw them away? Or are you going to um, donate them to other, other people? Yeah. Who? Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So those are your three options. That's heavy. It is heavy. Yeah. So. And this is the first, con- like, initial Right, this is like, you don't even know if IVF's going to work. You don't know first if you're going to do IUIs. You fill out. Yeah. You know, this, mm-hmm. is, this is stuff you have to decide early on. I'm sure you how can change you, your mind at some point yeah, if you, you wanted can. to, but. How do you make decisions like that without even knowing that they're going to come to fruition or not? 
well, selfishly for me, I just, I don't want my embryos to be science experiments and I don't want somebody else carrying my child. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah, this might help somebody else, but that's my baby. So if some Which other, this was just our decision, you yeah, know, other so, people, some other woman for this child, that's my child, mm-hmm. you know, running around like some other family being raised looking by at other whatever people. child on the street and be like, is that my yeah, child? There's yeah. six other potential, you know, little Mitches running around or little friends. And I, yeah. I just, I, that wasn't something I, I was willing to even consider. So yeah, that's really hard. Did you feel like there was, um, I mean, did you share that with people or did you feel like there was judgments around whatever decision you made? I've shared it with other people like in my chair before who were going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard for them to, especially the people who were super religious because they already felt weird that they had to do that mm-hmm. in the first place. But then like a lot of them, you know, it's like you're already creating, like there's a spirit already. So if you were to discard them, it's like Essentially you're killing six abortions. Right. Yeah. You're, Cause yeah. those could exactly. potentially be living. Yeah. In. Yeah. Like so, er, early term abortion. So yeah. you felt like there was some like hard feelings. Yeah, there, there was some right. guilt yeah. on my part, you know, personally too. Oh like, my gosh, you know, that was I a cried. really, that was a really hard decision to make yeah. when, yeah. cause you have to pay, what is it? $800 a year to store them. $500 a year to store them. So it's like, once you make that decision that you're done having kids, you gotta, you know, I would I feel like I would have stored them for the rest of my life though, <laughs> selfishly, but no, I cried. Cause I feel like we definitely, you yeah. know, Six siblings our kids could yeah. have, but mm-hmm. also yeah. I don't have the capacity to have eight children. So. I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that feels even more real because I think most people, um, you know, getting pregnant naturally aren't thinking they're not going through all of those like really intricate steps right. mm-hmm. in thinking about, you know, an embryo being a baby and right. you know, inside of them and everything. I feel like that just is taking it to a whole nother level. Like it felt really impersonal and really scientific but at the same time that's very personal and you yeah. saw the little petri dish right. and now you see your babies right um, yeah, we saw and they're you know the very... real live people out in right. the world so yeah. it's Basic like those part. are real live people in, right. in the petri dish right. too and that's yeah that's a really hard that's decision. what i told mitch i was like because i've asked him before i was like don't like do you feel sad about that i mean we have like you know six little human beings just waiting to be implanted you know and he was like well i try not to think about it you know yeah i'm like crying over reserved. here like ah. um, <laughs> removed myself yeah. from it you know yeah um but I, it's more like food for thought here so when you think about it this is something that always just kind of blows my mind um ezra and elsie even though they're two years apart from being born they're essentially the same age from when they're conceived you know mm, like yeah. oh, wow. so she sat cryogenically frozen for two years waiting to be born mm-hmm. but was actually like inseminated at the same time as ezra so yeah. you know wow that's, that's crazy yeah they could have they could have potentially been twins connection before mm-hmm. yeah yeah that is crazy they could have been twins yeah right yeah. so it's like i also wonder it's like man sitting there frozen for two years waiting for your chance to you know see the light of day it's like i don't know it's something that's always just kind of blew my mind that that's possible you know and Essentially, they are the same age. Yeah. Even though they're two years apart. It's yeah. Something else that's crazy too, since we're just on this topic right now. Um, so what did we say? It took us like 15 years to have kids or whatever. I never naturally conceived ever this whole time. Never even had a positive pregnancy test, never miscarried, nothing. The month that I chose, 
that I actually wrote them and I said, okay, you know what, you guys, it's time to discard our embryos. That's it. We're done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You had to fill out a form and everything. Have a witness or something. I don't know. That month was the month that I naturally conceived Eldon. Yeah. And it was right after those embryos were destroyed because we got the letter in the mail. Wow. That is so crazy. I know. Tell me. Yeah. What happened with that? What were your thoughts around? (laughs) Like, I mean, I was just telling Mitch, we were talking before uh, we started recording Mm -hmm. the first time that I ever met you, you had both babies, right? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And the first time that I ever met you, we were talking, you know, I have two babies. Oh, you have two babies too. Mm -hmm. And then we were talking about like, you know, there's always the question, are you going to have more? Are you all done? Um, And so, you know, I had like a newborn baby with me basically. Um, And I was like, I don't know, maybe we'll have one more. I don't know. And so then I asked you, are you going to have more? And this was before I knew your story at all. And you were like, oh no, we're done. (laughs) Like, I mean, we're done because we had, and then you told me, you know, Mm -hmm. we had to go through IVF to get the two babies that we have now Mm -hmm. um, and everything. So then lo and behold, you made that decision. I didn't even know that Mm -hmm. you were going through that when we first met, you were making that decision. And I feel like, you know, this is a little bit of a bunny trail, but I feel like my takeaway from hearing your story even more deeply now mm-hmm. is you never know what someone is going you through. Don't. No, you just don't. No. And I think it's so important yep. not to assume that, you know, what's going on with mm-hmm. someone so true. in their life, because th- those are really heavy things that you guys were grappling with, yeah. you know, when mm-hmm. we met and I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's just a good takeaway from this conversation is yep. that don't assume that, you know, what someone's going through, mm-hmm. um, on the outside, but, um, yeah. So then you got pregnant yeah. naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't intended, obviously, because you didn't think that you could get pregnant. Could. No. Yeah. So, I mean, we were still unexplained, you know, but I was just like, oh, there's just something that doesn't match up. And I, I just right. still don't know, but I was just like, no, it's not going to ever happen. And then it did. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. what happened? Yeah. Like you, you missed your period and you were like, wait, what's well, going on? Yeah, I guess like well, we were in the process of starting our new businesses. And mm-hmm. so we had a lot going on and super stressed out. And I mean, so I was always regular, but I was like, oh, it's been a while. Like I wasn't even, you know, tracking it anymore because I was just like, whatever. So I was like, it's been a while. I'm just going to stop. So I was on my way to the shop or whatever in Sutton's Bay. And I stopped at NJ's and got a pregnancy test. You were on your way to interview her for some. Oh yeah. I was going to interview somebody (laughs) to be a hairstylist at our shop. And, um, I also selfishly wanted to be able to keep drinking. So I was like, if I am, that would be crazy. But you know, I don't want to feel just in case I am. Just in case. You know, damage the brain of this child. I went into the bathroom and it was like, instantly positive. Yeah. So the thing that was crazy about that was I never had a pregnancy test that I, you know, yeah, that was like that before, yeah. but this time I was crying and I was so upset because I wanted it to be negative. Yeah. And that's yeah. the first time in my life that I ever wanted a negative pregnancy test. Yeah. And it was positive. Wow. And I yeah. called what Mitch. a crazy switch there. So going crazy. Through all of that. I was like in my head, I was like staring at it. Whereas before it's like, Oh, just please be positive. And I was just like, please be negative. Please be negative. And it was like instantly positive. Well, not and to say that we aren't very, very happy. No, so happy. You know, it wasn't just, something we were planning. You, you so. think you're at a place where everything is exactly how you want it. And that's usually when things kind of mm-hmm. take a turn. So yeah. And yeah. going, I mean, this was such a process of 
intentional planning and right. sacrifice and everything. Yep. So I, I mean, I don't think that anyone would doubt that you love oh, all of God, your kids. No. No, equally. Yeah, yeah. No, um, you know, and, but I think so many people can relate with having so many mixed emotions mm-hmm. about a, a positive pregnancy test. Yeah. I mean, and then I was all of a sudden on the other side of it. You know, yeah. it's like if somebody was to come sit in my chair and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm pregnant and we weren't planning it. And this is so hard for me when I was going through that IVF process or yeah. leading up to that. I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for you right yeah. now, you know, mm-hmm. but to be on the other side of it, it's like, oh, my gosh, we weren't planning this. And yeah. what are we going to do? And right. um, so, yeah. Yeah. Both and as, like you mentioned that you guys were both starting businesses at the time. Right. And I remember, you know, at that point we were friends and mm-hmm. I remember you telling me like. I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, how is this possible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, right. How is this possible? Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, how cool that, that gave you obviously so much more empathy for people going through oh, so many different scenarios right. because, right. um, you know, I think a lot of times we can get caught in the comparison game of like, well, my circumstances and are harder than your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's a, dangerous game to play because when you're going through it, Mm -hmm. it's personal for everyone. And I feel like that's really important to recognize. So I'm glad that you had that experience and I'm glad that Eldon's here because he's so squishy and cute. Yeah. The best. That's amazing. And so you never found out what the difference was, what, what happened because you didn't know in the first place why you needed to go through. I still have no idea. Yeah. We were drinking more. Maybe that was Yeah, I don't, don't take this for advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if maybe like my body just kind of knew what to do at that point because I've already had two pregnancies. I have no idea. Yeah, because mm-hmm. wasn't endometriosis like a possibility of why we weren't able to conceive? Wasn't she said because I had some. Well, no, she was, she was saying like that, that that's one common cause. For oh, women. And yeah, but um, like without going in and doing surgery right. on um, me and stuff, which mm-hmm. I was. So I don't know do. if maybe just the two pregnancies knock something loose or you know. I have heard change some anatomy. I have heard this this story a few times where, you know, people went through a fertility treatment of some mm-hmm. kind and then found out that they were pregnant afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of different like ideas tossed around of as to why. Yeah. I'm guessing there's a lot mm-hmm. of different reasons why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also guessing that there's some frustration and not knowing. Yeah. I mean, just because we're technically like quote unquote unexplained doesn't mean that we're unexplained. It just means that science hasn't come yeah. up with all of the possibilities of what it could be, mm-hmm. you know? So also the timing of it too is really strange. Cause what it was like just over two years after Elsie was born. And so why two years, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like um, why would it, why wouldn't yeah, it have been like that, like that the cycle after. the next right. time? Yeah. Know? It makes yeah. no sense. I don't you weren't know. doing anything. Nothing different. It's because yeah. we destroyed those embryos. I'm telling you. I, I think honestly, it, we were you know, so predestined to have three children. I mean, that's the only thing. And I then that takes the science out of it. You know, like that right there is like, I don't know everything science and have answers. So it's gotta be something more than that higher power or something, you know, what a crazy story. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just so thankful for you guys being willing to sit down yeah, of course. and have open dialogue around it. Because again, I think that it is kind of a taboo topic um, for a lot of people as, as is, you know, anything related with fertility, like, you know, struggling with miscarriage or, you know, and not being able to get pregnant in the first place. And I think that it's just a really important thing to talk about because so many people go through that on some level. So many people, Um, more people than anybody would know. Yeah. Yeah. And we probably don't know because Mm -hmm. 
people, you know, don't feel comfortable right. talking about it and making it, you know, a public thing and everything. Right. Like you guys mentioned, it was really hard to have it be such a public process mm-hmm. that was put on display kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I even, you know, even people at my work knew we were doing it because I had to mm-hmm. take time off. I can't so come then, in until eight o'clock today instead of six. Well, why? Well, I have to do this every two weeks or every week for the next six months. I'm sorry. Well, why? We're going through IVF. If you got to know, here you yeah. go. Here it is. So yeah. there you go. That's there's my private life. So it's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a very intrusive and very intense, very demanding process. So you know, it's like it or not, people are going to find out. Um. Well, yeah. Again, I'm just really thankful for you guys being the the person that can come yeah, in and be open and honest about it. And if anybody is listening to this and is going through it or has questions or anything, yeah. feel free to reach out to and us. And We're women. open books about yeah. it and. That's how I've met so many other people who are going through it. Because once you know that somebody else is in your shoes, it makes it a lot easier to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really amazing. And um, I'll just link like your business profile cool. or yeah. something. Sounds so good. people have a way, a way of getting in touch yeah. with you. Cool. Are there any um, last thoughts that you guys want to share with, with people listening? No, just know that, <laughs> you know, things are here for a reason. Science is here for a reason. And, it really can make a huge difference. And yeah. if you are struggling and thinking that you're not going to have a baby or it's not going to happen for you, we're proof positive that it can times three. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you, you want to have children, there's, there's avenues out there. There's ways to, to do it. And mm. It's not going to be easy. It's not gonna be pretty. It's not going to feel good, but um, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. And ultimately you have, your beautiful children that yeah. testament the that they are the best, you know, that yes. it can work and everything. And, um, I think you guys are a really beautiful um, proof that, you know, being vulnerable and going through that process because it is vulnerable, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have, you know, that end result, even if it's a really hard process and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, thanks again for being willing to talk about it. Yeah, Yeah. appreciate it.